Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Good Night Show with me, Daniel Van Kirk. It is Tuesday, July 21st, around 12 a.m., Rochelle, Illinois time, and I am glad that you are here. Again, it's a solo show for me while Noah takes a little bit of a break, but that's okay. I like when we get to hang. It works as well. Before I dig into this show with all the usual stuff that I have, I want to make note of a listener to this show. It is Three Best Bakery, and they wanted me to have a little bit of treats since I didn't get any pie. For I also should say, and I was remiss in not saying this last night, um, you know, we, I wanted to get through the positive push thing, and we actually recorded that that same night as the show, and then we had the weekend edition. So I should have done it yesterday, but we'll do it today. That's okay. Um, thank you to every single member of the Good Night Gang and the Pennies and the Pallers and the Townies from Dumb People Town who came out to that show. But it really to everybody who's listening to this, um, there were so many uh, Good Night Show listeners in the audience and even in the meet and greet afterwards. And we even had some game night people. And that was great when you, uh, you see people like Dan Ford and Shana and, and, and you know them right away because you've already, you've hung out with them, which is really what that show is. Cause it's actually not a show. It's a hang, but it was just so great to sell that out. And that a lot of credit for being able to do that goes to you guys and being so supportive and especially three best bakery because they sent me, some of the most amazing cookies that, I mean, they're up there with like my family's Christmas cookies. And if, if you knew me, if you knew what that meant, you'd be like, okay, they're pretty good. Um, I've got so many bags. I'm going to give some to Rory. We have these. If you go to my Instagram, you can see uh, all the ones that kind of pertained to the good night show as well as me, you will be able to soon look at the uh, Pen Pals page and be able to see the Pen Pals ones as well. I'm going to give some of these to Rory. But, uh, you know, it just, when people take the time and effort to support what you do by being in the audience, which is the only way comedy works, even if that audience is a bit of a different form these days, um, that's just the best. But then when people go that extra effort to be like, you know what? I support you so much. I want you to really screw up your sugar and take for the day, whether that's through pie or some amazing cookies. I'm very, very grateful. So three best bakery. It's three best friends that started a bakery. They are in Arkansas. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if they offer this or not. I'm assuming they do. I hope they do. But their cookies even highly amazing decorated ones that you can see right now on my Instagram, they ship and they ship well. So treat yourself or treat somebody else. And then when you eat these and you're like, that's the best part of my week, make that your positive push story and tell me about it. And also support local business. If you got a bakery in your own hometown that you absolutely love, support them too. But you can't go wrong with three's best bakery, three best bakery, I should say. You guys are great. Thank you. 
I mentioned sending in a positive story. That's because you can. We do those every single Friday. You can text me or leave me a voicemail by calling 609-955. That's 609-644-4855. Or you can email thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. We're just a couple days away from the next game night shows. If you want to be a part of those, because there's some really fun announcements coming out soon and you want to be early on that tip, email thegoodnightpod. Put game night in the subject heading. You can also... Hang out with me and the Sklar Brothers on Saturday, August 15th, because we're doing a live Dumb People Town at Nowhere Comedy Club. Go to DanielVanKirk.com for tickets to the live Dumb People Town. That show will definitely sell out. My show sold out before the show happened. This will show up, sell out probably days before it happens. So get on that tip, friends. Trust me. It's going to be a great time. All right, let's talk about this week in pop culture history. That's what we do on Tuesdays, and it is Monday, July 20th. We're going to talk about first because Elvis first had his first public performance. That's the better way to say that. In 1954, the future king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, gave his first performance on a flatbed truck for a drugstore opening in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I've You know, Elvis to me is like, obviously pretty badass but uh i there are people that are like elvis people and they're like they're hand in hand with lucille ball people to me they're those those are like they should have joint conventions if they don't already and i've said this before because elvis came up on another pop culture pop culture history thing i believe the song is if i can dream from elvis live or comeback special i'm not really sure what it was it's him in like the whole black jumpsuit and the big red letters of Elvis find that live performance of if I can dream that whole album is insane, but that's one of my all time favorites. If you want to, uh, yeah, I don't know. Give yourself a little Elvis Presley time. Uh, Tuesday, July 21st, George Carlin was arrested. In 1972, the comedian George Carlin was arrested in Milwaukee for performing his seven words. You can never say on television routine. The charges were dismissed when the judge declared that the language was indecent, but Carlin had the freedom to say it as long as he caused no disturbance. This is classic fucking First Amendment shit, friends, okay? And also, to me, it's it's when comedy is pushing the pushing society and the framework in the best ways. Obviously, you know, Lenny Bruce is somebody who did this. Um, and I believe that there is a way that you can make a joke about anything. Oftentimes you run into trouble if that thing is the joke. But I still believe you could say anything you, you could say anything on stage and make it funny. There are words and topics that I have no clue how you how that could be done. So I think it's best to just stay away. But I do believe it's possible. I mean, you even look at it, you, you know, a lot of people say to me, but like, oh, you, you know, your comedy's not like super raunchy or whatever. Uh, first of all, that's not true. Because cumulatively, even if you were at the show last week, you've seen me do two hours of comedy. So let's 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 talk in 15 years. Secondly, I don't know if you've thought about it this way, but in Thanks, Diane, I'm joking about pedophilia. I'm making jokes about pedophiles 
and I'm blaming the parents of the victim. So I, you can, if you do it a certain way, depending on which door you enter into that arena, I think you can make a joke about anything. And on July 21st, George Carlin got arrested for that. Also on Tuesday, July 24th to 1st in 1996, The Daily Show, hosted by Craig Kilborn, premiered on Comedy Central in the U.S. Jon Stewart obviously eventually took over the hosting duties in 1998, and he was there until 2015 when Trevor Noah assumed the position. The Daily Show is the longest-running program on Comedy Central, counting all three tenures, and has won 24 Primetime Emmy Awards. It's interesting because it felt, I, a lot of us felt like, how is this show going to go on? without Jon Stewart. And then beautifully, Trevor Noah seems to be a perfect host for these times that we are living in. So, and Craig Kilborn was great too. Uh, I love The Daily Show. Wednesday, July 22nd, it, Planet Nine from Outer Space premiered. In 1959, the sci-fi horror film was written, produced, directed, and edited by Ed Wood and is called the worst movie ever made, but it's also one of the funnest live shows ever because I think once or twice a year, sometimes even at festivals, Dana Gould will do a staged, uh, like a live stage reading of Planet Nine from Outer Space. I think they do it annually at the Largo and I believe raise a lot of money for charity. If you ever get a chance to see that, you definitely should. On July 22nd in 1963, the Beach Boys released Surfer Girl. The band's best-known single was produced and sung by Brian Wilson. It was his first composition. Early on in their career, surf song came to symbolize the band, and Surfer Girl dominated the Billboard charts before the band moved towards their more multi-layered sounds, which would obviously be like Pet Sounds, which is front to back, one of the greatest albums hands down ever made. It's unreal. But uh, Surfer Girl is such a like... I don't know. Somebody's going to be like, well, actually, which is basically what Twitter is. Um, Surfer Girl is to me like the first emo song. And I bet you, as I yell, I bet you there is some big emo bands that have covered Surfer Girl. Or at least less than Jake did. It's also Alan Merkin's birthday. You know who he is? Well, he was born in 1949 on July 22nd. Uh, Menken, did I say Merkin? Menken, Alan Menken. Menken is best known for his scores and songs for films produced by Disney, including Little Mermaid. I once knew every word to that movie, Beauty and the Beast, same. Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Hercules. Other films include Little Shop of Horrors, Newsies, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Enchanted, and Tangled. So yeah, he's had a good run, or did. I don't even, I'm hoping he's still alive, 49. He should still be kicking around. That only makes him like, 70-ish. He has received eight Academy Awards. Yeah, he's doing good. 11 Grammy Awards and one Tony. So what's he missing in the EGOT? An Emmy, a Grammy. He's got those. No, he doesn't have an Emmy. No, yeah, that's what he needs. I I wonder if he does. And they were like, he has eight Academy Awards. We can leave out the EGOT part. Thursday, July 23rd is Sinatra Strangers in the Night debuts at number one. In 1966, Frank Sinatra's album Strangers in the Night uh, debuted at number one or hit number one, I should say, on the U.S. charts, winning him Grammys for Record of the Year and Best Male Vocal Performance. Such a perfect song. On the 24th, Saving Private Ryan premiered in 1998, starring Tom Hanks, Edward Burns, Matt Damon, Tom Sizemore, and others like Vin Diesel. The Steven Spielberg uh, Spielberg, sorry, epic war drama is set during the invasion of Normandy in World War II. It follows U.S. Army Rangers Captain John H. Miller, that's Tom Hanks, and his squad as they search for a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in combat. The last thing I'll say about July 24th, 
It's the anniversary of Lance Armstrong winning his seventh consecutive Tour de France. In 2005, the Tour de France officially has no over, overall winner. Although Armstrong originally won the event and subsequently retired after the race, the United States Anti-Doping Agency announced in on August 2012 that they had disqualified Armstrong from all of his results since 1998, including seven Tour de France wins from 99 to 2005. If you have not watched the Lance Armstrong 30 for 30, I highly recommend it. He... I'm just going to say that. But uh, remember when we all had Livestrong bracelets? And remember that one of you I'm talking to right now still does? Yeah, I see you. Let's take a quick little break. We come back. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to talk about the 25 best World War, mo- World War II movies of all time. We'll be right back after this. Are you looking for a way to let everyone know that you're serious about social distancing, staying safe, and being smart, but you want to look good at the same time? Check out Real Day Design. They have a variety of shirt styles that look and feel great while also sending the message that you care about your health and you care about the people around you. Choose from a short sleeve or long sleeve tee, crew neck sweatshirt, or even a football jersey style t-shirt. Any option is perfect for looking good and feeling comfortable in your own home or on a walk. But letting people know you are part of the social distancing club doesn't just have to be worn. You can show everyone in your Zoom meeting where your priorities lie with a social distancing club coffee mug. So quarantine, but make it fashion by visiting Real Day Design online at bonfire.com slash store slash real hyphen day hyphen design hyphen co. Again, that's Real Day Design online. Just go to bonfire.com and search for Real Day Design. I want to tell you about high noon hard seltzer made with real vodka and real juice because there's a lot of fake out there, but things just got real. High noon sun sips are the easy drinking, great tasting, sun toasting, blue sky celebrating, memory making awesomeness in a can. Hard seltzers can be made from just about any mixture of soda water and alcohol. Some brands use malt liquors and sugar to flavor their drinks, but high noon uses real vodka and real fruit juice for 100 calories of easy drinking, take anywhere deliciousness. High noon sun sips are offered in four refreshing flavors, grapefruit, pineapple, black cherry, and watermelon, and the juice in each high noon sun sip is real. They use a mix of juices to make each flavor, but everything comes from real fruit. High noon sun sips come in packs of four and a variety 12 pack, and on their website, you can search for places near you to buy high noon with their where to buy page. You can also check out your favorite grocery store, liquor store, or stay safe and practice distance socializing by checking with your preferred alcohol delivery service. High noon is currently available in 32 states, but if they're not available where you are, contact them and see how they can help. So check out highnoonspirits.com and enjoy responsibly. High Noon Hard Seltzer. Things just got real. Okay, friends, we're back. I want to dig right in. This comes to us from Esquire.com. It's the 25 best World War II movies ever made. We're doing this in honor of the anniversary of the premiere of Saving Private Ryan. I'm interested to see how many of these movies I haven't seen. I will also say, I think I've talked about it here and before. I wish somebody would do, you know, they did like, um, somebody did a like scene by scene almost. I think it, not even almost. I think it is a scene by scene order of the Marvel films. Like watch 
this part of Thor, then go to this part of Civil War, and and it it you would watch it all completely chronologically. I wish someone would do this for World War II. Like, watch this movie, and, and I would include Band of Brothers in that, uh, even though it's not a movie, but it is amazing. Um, it would just be cool to, like, watch it. And someone would be like, watch this movie up to this battle, then go watch this movie that is just about that battle. Then you're going to come back to this movie. You'll finish the battle and go on forward. Uh, if somebody knows of that, please hit me up about it. Okay, here we go. The first, they don't have these ranked either, which I guess is probably cool. But the first one they have listed here is The Great Escape. It is in my Amazon queue to watch. I have not seen it. It also has the movie itself, I guess you would say, has a cameo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I have not seen The Great Escape, and I really, really want to. It's a Stephen Queen movie. It says, based on Paul Brickhill's nonfiction book of the same name. So nonfiction, The Great Escape follows... Uh, British Commonwealth Soldiers. That's all I'm going to read because I don't want to know more about it than that. The next one they have here is Come and See. No idea what this movie is. This Belarusian, I think, anti-war film tackles the atrocities atrocities of the Nazi occupation of Eastern Europe. Told through the perspective of a teenage boy in Belarus, the film's grave subject matter is confronted with both poetics and realism. Come and See. No idea. Uh, but I'd check it out. The next one listed here is The Imitation Game. This is a great movie. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Alan Turing, the brilliant British crypt analyst who cracked the Nazi code on the Nazi German Enigma machine responsible for encrypting confidential communications. Beneath this influential man, though, is a coded life of his own. I believe Benedict won the Oscar for this, if I'm correct. The Imitation Game is very good if you haven't seen it. Dunkirk. I love this movie. I want to watch this again. There's a lot more to this Christopher Nolan directed film than Harry Styles Styles cameo in it. I think he did great. Though it's certainly a welcome contribution. The film confronts the Allies' uh, evacuation of Dunkirk on the shore of northern France from the perspective of land, sea, and air. I have a friend of mine who was hunkered in a position in Afghanistan. They had been shot. They were taking gunfire. And after they saw Dunkirk, they told me that a lot of people were giving this movie shit because of how loud it was and how there'd be these huge times with like no dialogue. And he told me, he goes, Dan, um, that's basically what it's like. <laughs> He's like, it is that loud. And that was a little hard. He's like, I could feel my heart racing a little bit. Um, but he also said, when you're being shot at, nobody's talking to each other because you know exactly what needs to happen here. There's no need to talk. Uh, Dunkirk is beautiful, and I highly recommend it. Jojo Rabbit. I have still not seen Jojo Rabbit, but I need to. It says here, few com- few comedians are bold enough to cast themselves as Adolf Hitler. Uh, Taika Watiti's satirical spin on Nazi Germany explores a more innocent perspective of the era from a Hitler youth member whose perception of the war is clearly skewed by his naivety. This naivety meets reality, though, when he forms an unlikely relationship with a young Jewish girl who's hiding in his house. The next one they list here is Stalingrad. I have not seen it. A complicated love affair erupts amid the Nazi invasion of Stalingrad in this uh, celebrated Russian film. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Defiance. I remember when this came out, 
I thought this was pretty good. Four brothers joined Russian resistance fighters in the Eastern European woods, slowly building camps of Jewish refugees. I would recommend the defiance. I've never seen black book, which says here is a Jewish singer goes undercover for the Dutch resistance in order to infiltrate the Nazi headquarters in the Netherlands. We talked about someone recently, I think, uh, who felt like that's that their character was based off of them. The character of the, the woman spy in, uh, Inglorious Bastards. This feels a little bit like that too. The next one is Son of Saul. Came out in 2015. I do not know this movie at all. It says a prisoner in Auschwitz saves the body of a young boy from the crematorium in this intense depiction of morality and spiritual survival. That's one sentence that sounds so fucking heavy. There's also from 1987 Empire of the Sun with a very little Christian Bale. It says here a young Christian Bale stars as an English boy separated from his family and Japan controlled China. That movie's supposed to be great. Here's one that's supposed to be phenomenal. I can't believe I've never seen this. Just there's some movies, if you consider yourself someone who loves film, there's certain movies I feel like you just should have seen. This one is uh, one of them. Patton. George C. Scott gives a tour de force performance as the complex and controversial general George S. Patton. All right. I need to see that. We also have on here letters from Iwo Jima. Never saw it, but I heard it's phenomenal. It's Colleen Eastwood, and he finds sympathy for the enemy in this Oscar-nominated pick. I think there, it's like a two-parter, right? There was like letters from Iwo Jima and then like Flags of Our Fathers, maybe? They were like two sides of the same film. The next one they list here is The Dirty Dozen from 1967. I've never seen it, but I also think I should. A ragtag group of convicts bank bind together for a suicide mission on the eve of D-Day in an Oscar-winning epic. All right, we're going to add that to the list. Here's a movie I started twice, and I cannot remember what happened, but I was not able to finish it. Not for lack of wanting to, though. It's From Here to Eternity. Interesting movie about this. It says, on the eve of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, three Army soldiers find themselves in a variety of romantic entanglements while stationed in Hawaii. Also, Frank Sinatra. This ties into another thing we talked about. Frank Sinatra was down and out. He had lost his career. We look at him now as the chairman of the board, right? Old blue eyes. But there was a time when he could not get work. The only people who hired him was the mafioso. Mafio, I said that the weirdest way ever. I wanted to say mafia and mafioso at the same time. The mafia bosses in Jersey and New York would hire him to sing in their bars. And he never stopped performing for them and having those relationships because he always said, when my phone stops ringing from Hollywood, those are going to be the only people who call me. And they were the only people who didn't stop calling me. However, so when he went, he wanted to be in From Here to Eternity. He went to the head of the studio and said, I'm right for this part. I want to do this part. And they didn't want him. And then he said, I'll do it for free. And that helped them stay under budget. He was just going to take scale, right? And so he got the part and then he ends up winning the fucking Oscar for it. And he's back. Why? Because he gambled on himself. That a reason alone is enough to watch from here to eternity. Another from one from 2004 is called Downfall. The Oscar-nominated thriller depicts Adolf Hitler's final days as he hides in a Berlin bunker. I'd watch it. Here's a movie. This is the first movie, the next one. This is the first movie I ever stopped. And I think I went back to try and watch it once, and I don't even remember if I finished it then either. It's Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line. <laughs> Everyone is in this movie. Because Terrence Malick makes like, makes like one movie every 15 years. Everyone is in this movie, and I do not enjoy it. it says Terrence Malick returned from a tw- yeah here we go 20 year hiatus for this quiet reflection on the horrors of war. 
it gets really weird. There's like a guy, I think I did finish it now. I remember, but there's a guy like hunkered down in the weeds trying to not get shot. And then he watches a butterfly and all of a sudden you hear his narrative like, what is this thing we call war? And you like watch a butterfly fly in slow motion. I don't know. It's like B-roll movie to me and I'm pissing somebody off, but I'm sorry. It just didn't work for me. That doesn't mean it didn't work for you. Here's another one. The longest day. I should see this too. I haven't. The Oscar winning epic tells the story of D-Day through various points of view from both allied and German sides. Then there's Life is Beautiful. I loved this movie. I remember when he won the Oscar for this. A dutiful Italian father tries to shelter his son from the dangerous truth of the Holocaust in Rob Roberto Benigni's Oscar-winning film. Das Boot? I remember Das Boot at the uh, when I would go to rent movies. I remember seeing that VHS. Never got it. Never rented it. Celebrated drama gives an inside look at what happened beneath the surface on a German U-boat. Here we go. Maybe they are doing these in order. Although there's been some epic ones already. Inglorious Bastards. C. Correcto. That's my uh, Brad Pitt for you from there. Hey, Donnie. Yeah. I could keep doing this. Tarantino's absurdist take on propaganda film depicts the brutal death of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> but Spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so tempted to go back and edit that out, but I'm not. Hopefully when you saw me say this, you realized I've been talking about these and I might give something away. But... I feel like if you are somebody who thinks you would enjoy Inglorious Bastards, you've seen it by now. Go watch it. It's wonderful. Grave of the Fireflies. This is our first animated movie. Two Japanese children struggle to survive in the waning days of World War II in this highly celebrated animated film. I'd check that out. I don't even know. I didn't even know that existed. Schindler's List. Never seen it. I've never seen it. It's so heavy. Like, what day am I going to be in the mood for that? Steven Spielberg's magnum opus is a definitive on-screen depiction of the Holocaust. But then it's another one. It's like, it's like uh, when they see us, I feel like I, you, you should watch it. Like you have a responsibility to face what happened so that it doesn't happen again. Otherwise you just stay a fucking idiot and you allow bad things to happen again. And some people would say like what's happening right now in our world and country. Next one. Um, some of you are going to be so mad at me. I've never seen Casablanca. Casablanca is like, you've, I've never heard anybody say anything other than how great it is. And here's what it says underneath this. One of the greatest films ever made, period. This is one practically set. This one practically set the standard for war, war torn romance genre. The bridge over the river. Kwai. Never seen it. Definitely want to. I had a lot of war movies to watch. See, I'm waiting till I get that, uh, super list. A British Colonel, Leads a team of POWs in, Jap in a Japanese camp to build a bridge for their captors and plans an uprising. Dun, dun, dun. Then we got Saving Private Ryan. I think that's the last one they've listed here. We already know about it. Spielberg brought the horrific violence of war front and center with the staggering depiction of the invasion of Normandy. It's a very good movie that if you haven't watched it, go get yourself a sound bar and a good TV and... Uh, you want to talk about facing up what happened. Those guys, those boys in those boats being like, you're just going to run out of here. There's a part in um, Band of Brothers where a soldier is talking to another soldier and they say uh, they were like afraid to get out of the trench and like go into battle. And the soldier, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm paraphrasing here, but the soldier says, your, your problem is, is you're afraid you're going to die when that we're in war so you're already dead 
Everybody in war is dead. War doesn't decide who dies. It decides who lives. So you just need to go do your fucking job. And you'll find out if you lived or not. Don't worry about dying. That's already happened because you're here. And that's what a lot of those boys faced when they got out of those boats in uh, in, Nor- in Normandy, right there on the beach. All right, that's a list. If um, you want to encourage me to watch any of those I hadn't heard of or ones that I definitely should have by now, feel free. If any that you love didn't make this list uh, that took place during World War II, I mean, maybe you love Michael Bay and Pearl Harbor and Josh Hartnett. I, that's okay, but let me know about it. I'll, I'll disagree. I really love the song about Pearl Harbor from Team America World Police. And you know what? In a roundabout way, it gave us that. Tonight's episode of The Good Night Show was produced by Noah Everhart. It was engineered and mixed by Brendan Lynch-Solomon with production assistance from Ben Zyper and Lissa Rubin. The theme music was composed by Chad Bouchard and the artwork was created by C.M. Dugan. You can check out more of his work, and you should, at cmdugan.com. If you enjoyed tonight's show, you can get more content at patreon.com slash thegoodnightshow. There you can sign up for The Good Night Show Weekend Edition, as well as exclusive weekly episodes of some of our favorite topics. Plus, you can get a super cut of this entire week's worth of shows, as well as access to the entire back catalog of the Hindsight Podcast. There are three Patreon tiers available, and the most comprehensive option is less than $10 a month. The Good Night Show is not part of any network, which means all the proceeds go directly to the cost and people that keep this show on the air. Your support matters and is greatly appreciated. One way to support is to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, as well as just tell everybody about this little show. Thank you again for listening. I'm Daniel Van Kirk. And remember, just like the cookie says, no man is a failure who has friends. Good night. <laughs>